Welcome to the Complete Engineering Podcast, brought to you by the College of Engineering. We are Nebraska, where we build complete engineers with the technical and non-technical skills to do big things. Visit us at engineering.unl.edu. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Complete Engineering Podcast. I'm Matt Honke. I'm Carl Vogel. And we're with the University of Nebraska College of Engineering. Uh, today, we're lucky enough to have Elisa Gilmore, Associate Professor of Practice in Electrical and Computer Engineering with us. Welcome, Elisa. Thank you. Glad to be here. Part of what Elisa does, uh, her area of expertise is in robotics, electrical circuitry, mm-hmm. correct? Telecommunications and the like. But we want to start off talking a little bit about one of the other things you do. Uh, you have a role as a coordinator for the Nebraska Robotics Expo. Uh, Could you give us a little insight of what is the Nebraska Robotics Expo and what is the role that the coordinator plays? So the Nebraska Robotics Expo has been going on for 10 years. It's our 10th year and we bring together about 350 students K through 12 and we celebrate robotics. They work with their teachers during the year. We meet with them a couple times a year and so that was our uh, big event to give them something to look for to when they're uh, working with STEM and using the robot to excite them about STEM. So it really is about engaging the next generation of future engineers and strengthening the pipeline. And it's a wonderful project that the you know Nebraska Engineering has been a part of uh, for, for these 10 years. And it's we've been sustained. We started out with NSF funded, and now we've been self-sustained for the last um, several years. So as the coordinator, my job is to essentially uh, get a team together at the beginning of the year and make sure that we're all doing what we need to do to make the event run on time and to get all the elements, bring all the people together, be it sponsors, we have vendors, we have a great team we work together with in the UNO College of Education. So it's really a, a cross-campus collaboration. There's a lot of synergy on this team. We've worked with K-12 teachers across the metro, actually across um, the state of Nebraska. So my job is to say, okay, here's, we need to start now, and I just keep us moving along, and I see to it that all the details are in place so that when we go, it's a go, it's a positive experience, it runs well, we're all ready to go. That's that's my role. And so what what are some of the things that these students do to prepare for participating in this? There, I believe, is a first Lego competition that they have, and then there's also SceneBot competitions. What are the differences between those, and, and what are the type of activities that they do to, at the expo? So you are correct. So at the expo, there's uh, actually three events. So there's the SceneBot showcase, and that is the SceneBot that is the Nebraska-created uh, robot, and that that's the one we work with K-12 through teachers. And so we train the teachers, and the teachers are really the stars, I say, because they volunteer and they get their kids involved either in their classroom while they're teaching science and math curriculum because there's lessons that directly align work with the robotic to their standards. And um, and then they bring the kids on either during class or in the after school uh, club. And then they have something to look forward to to actually compete and, you know, have fun in our event. So we come together with the first Lego League. First Lego League is run out of Nebraska 4-H, um, also at UNL and the Lincoln campus. And they have a series of competitions, and this is their grand event. 
their championship. And so they have teams from around the area um, as well, Nebraska, and I think they may draw some from Iowa as well. So it's their state qualifier. And we also have, uh, going along with the idea of STEAM, because it's not just about science, technology, engineering, math, creativity, the arts. So we have a creative visual arts expo that started about, um, I'd say five or six years ago that came on. We had an amazing art teacher who wanted to bring in, um, allow to, uh, kids to you know, create with robotics. And I am a firm believer. As a kid, I was very creative um, and I asked a lot of questions. And sometimes people think of an engineer as not very creative, right? Is Creativity is not the first thing that comes to your mind or at all when you think of engineer. But I am a firm believer that creativity is definitely imagination is, is a part of that. And so we, we have those three events and the, and the kids do everything from creating, you know, robots out of, you know, 3D printed and drawing and painting. And, and it's just on display there while we're, we're, we're doing the physical robot activities as well. You mentioned uh, that you get students obviously from Omaha, Lincoln, probably the metros. But how spread out is it? Are you finding students coming from small towns all across Nebraska? How is the interest at, at that K-12 level with robotics? So I would say for First Lego League, they would probably, they have a larger statewide reach. Mm-hmm. I know they have, you know, uh, kids from all over. For our program, we started in the metro. Mm-hmm. We actually started focusing in the Omaha Public Schools because we really wanted to strengthen uh, those relationships. So our uh, teachers are primarily from Omaha, but we've had teachers come from um, western Nebraska, um, and they have to travel quite a ways uh, to get here. Um, but we open it up to everyone. It's just logistically, we tend to get those who are who are local, and, and that was the original mission of our, our project. Carl had mentioned earlier about having what it takes to put on a successful expo. Obviously, you need help from existing College of Engineering students. Yeah. Uh what do you do to recruit those students, and, and what are they doing to help out to, to make this in a successful event? And how many do you get, too? Because it's a, if I remember right, it's a big number. Yeah, so every year we rely on 50 to 60 uh, students to volunteer. And there is a course here that um, is a freshman-level course taught by Dr. Ming-Chen that he requires service learning hours. And so most of those students historically have come from that class. But uh, we open it up to, you know, anybody who wants to come. We've had students from Lincoln, the city campus, as well as the Scott campus. Most are from the Scott campus. So they sign up and do volunteer hours. And without them, we could not put this event on because essentially they are our muscle and they are our judges and they are the ones who are the boots on the ground um, and extend our reach of what the, the small team of 15 of us could do. So they set up, we take over the Strategic Air and Space Museum every square inch. Essentially, they set up all the tables, all the chairs. They set up all the games that we create uh, from scratch every year. And we redo the themes and we bring some more creativity and imagination to it. They set those up. They learn the rules and they serve as the judges. And then when it's all over, um, they tear all of that down <laughs> while we're having the award ceremony. So the thing that's been touching is to see some students, you know, some they, they volunteer, they get the hours, they, they check it off. But students that come back year after year after doing that, they say, oh, I want to do that. That was so much fun. The other thing that's been a thrill uh, last year, the last two years, to have our students who volunteer, who are in our programs, 
say, oh, I was a kid. I competed in this. And I remember, I remember their school. Now they're in our program. So that's just, uh, it, it just is such a good feeling. And then they're back volunteering and helping, you know, the kids. I think it's so important because the little ones, they look up to them and they're not that far, you know, from them. And that makes a really big impact. And it also helps our students because they're giving back. They're they're seeing what they can do and, and they're helping out. And so I think most of them can appreciate it, um, the, the opportunity. And I, I've, I know I've interacted with you at the expo before. I brought my daughter there and I'm seeing her getting an interest in robotics and computer coding and things like that. And I'm thinking that a lot of it might have to do with that beginning when I first brought her there. Mm -hmm. And are you seeing that with the students that that are coming through the College of Engineering, that some of them have that experience now in that 10 years since the expo has been there, that that laid a foundation for where they are now? Well, certainly the ones that we find out about, unfortunately, we're not doing a formal tracking. I would love to do that. It's just, we just happen to have strike up a conversation and say, oh yeah, you know, I was (laughs) in, oh oh my gosh, you know. So definitely for those students, you, you would think that that definitely had a foundation and led to them coming to our program. Um, but I just think in general, when, when kids are exposed to things as youngsters, I mean, it, it makes an impression. You know, there's no, when you think about the memories you had as a kid, you may see something, you just get really happy. I mean, there are things that just make an imprint on you as a kid. And so that's one of the things we want to do is to share, you know, our field, my field that I'm fascinated with. I think it's very interesting. And to bring it in a fun, a creative, imagine, to get the kids involved in imagination and having fun. And, uh, and then hopefully they can see a vision of what they can do or something they may be interested in. And I'm glad to hear that about your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. speaking of, of childhood and, and influences, what helped influence you to become interested in engineering and specifically in robotics as you were growing up? I was uh, good in math. I was pretty a, a well-rounded good student. And I took physics my senior year. And so it was pretty late for me. And I love physics. And so I would go home and I would just, I would study. I, I'm a real nerd. I would, <laughs> I would study. I would make notes. And I mean, I didn't have to do that. I just did it because it was cool. I loved it. <laughs> so, but, um, and I, my dad and, you know, would say, oh, why don't you consider engineering? Oh, well, you know, back then, nobody had these, like, kind of events. So I didn't know what engineering was. It's just like, well, you consider engineering. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. You know, you talk, talk to this person, they're an engineer. What do you do? And it, it's just like a bunch of goobly got. You don't really understand it. So, um, but I said, okay, well, I had in the back of my mind. One of the things that really made an impression on me in my physics class, we had, um, I think he was a PhD student. He was African. And he came in and he helped my physics teacher. He was just, like, there helping. And he came up and he gave an explanation about um, something I've obse- I'd observed is when you go up in an elevator, you feel heavier, right? You just feel that weight. And when you go down, you feel lighter. And so um, he explained how that's force is equal to mass time acceleration and, you know, the Newton's laws <laughs> that goes into that. And I just thought, wow, that is so cool. I mean, math has a purpose. You know, you can use an equation to describe something I experienced. And I know I'm just nerding out right now. But (laughs) so, but that was like something that just was like, wow, math has a purpose. I was good in math, but I'm like, okay, you know, 
it was just math, right? And so I'm like, oh, you can really use this. So I just kind of kept that in the back of my mind. I went to college visits and I, I attended my first college, Spelman College, and they had a dual degree engineering program. And the lady that was talking, she was um, PhD in math, and she reminded me of my grandmother. And she was African-American woman and, you know, worked with NASA, and she was talking about the engineering program. And so those two experiences where, you know, my family planted the seed, you know, and then I saw people that looked like me doing this, and I was interested in it. Then it's just like, oh, yeah, this is it. (laughs) This is what I want to do. You realize we're recording this on the the third floor of uh, the Scott campus in Omaha, and I'm immediately, when we take the elevator down, I'm going to pay attention now <laughs> yeah, right. to this. this is, yeah. I've never thought of that before, oh, okay. which is probably one of the reasons I'm recording a podcast and not doing what you're doing. Uh, that's awesome, though. But a lot of getting to the point where you are in your career is being inspired by somebody. And, and as you mentioned, seeing somebody that looks like you or acts like you or has a similar background who's doing something that you're interested in, how important is it for people like well, parents, adults, to, to model that type of thing for for children. And I'm, I'm talking as a parent of a 13-year-old right now. Mm-hmm. How important is it for me to be a, a good model and, and encourage kids to uh, pursue that type of thing? Well, I think the biggest thing parents can, can do, I'm a parent of, I have a 14-year-old and a 17-year-old. And so I observe a couple things. The first thing is that, you know, you just tell them that they can do anything that you believe in them, right? And so just that confidence that I'm behind you, I believe in you, I believe you can do this. But then having people outside of you, because I know with my kids, I can say, oh yeah, you. I see those qualities, you should be X, Y, and Z, you know, you really be good in that. And you know, my son who's 14, he's like, oh yeah, no, I don't want to do all that stuff that you do. <laughs> but then he gets a, a survey, a career cluster survey, and guess what comes up as like his highest, biggest thing computer engineer (laughs) and then all of a sudden he's like oh I think I can really do this and I'm like okay well I'm gonna just keep my mouth closed (laughs) so I was just say just you know you love her you know that she's gonna do great whatever she chooses and encouraging that and then putting them like the expo in activities that expose them to experiences and other people that can show them a different path and have a little more uh, credibility in the kid mind than the parent (laughs) even though we should have credibility. (laughs) You have a senior level robotics class. It's been a very popular elective with the students. How does the class help students build a foundation for the rest of their academic and engineering careers? So yeah, so the the mobile robotics one was created with the vision to be the final year of our SceneBot. So the the students get the SceneBot freshman year and they put it together. The idea was to have it to be a learning platform so that it's active and they can use it instead of just learning about circuits on a, you know, a notebook um, to actually uh, apply something and have something actually move around, you know, when they're learning programming. And they build uh, at learning microprocessor programming and they build different different, um, levels. In my class, it's all about making the robot completely autonomous and intelligent and so they get to uh, incorporate uh, additional sensors condition those they get to use uh, more advanced C programming um, tools than they have before and they get to experience
experiment with an artificial intelligence paradigm. I use behavior-based programming. And so it gives them a flavor of um, something that is a paradigm that's not just ad hoc, but it, it gives them a structure so they can make it modular and to accomplish different goals with the various sensors. And so that gives them their first culminating of a, a, a true robot experience. They also learn feedback control, which is, you know, things that allow them to follow a line and um, uh, it makes an airplane, you know, not go out of control as you're going up. So they learn how to do that with the robot. And so that's another thing that they don't get uh, other places. And it's very, very useful and applicable. You wanna... The, the K-12 through outreach from the Nebraska Robotics Expo is, has been very effective for, for 10 years now, obviously. But is there anything else you do in, in your uh, position here at the college or outside the college that, that's K-12 through outreach in the STEM fields or, or any other kind of outreach? So that's it. That's, <laughs> that's, it? that's what okay. I'm able to. Yeah, so that's it as far as the K-12. through um, Before, when I was uh, um, an engineer um, in Omaha, I participated in the MESA, I believe, the program with OPS, where they have professionals come in and they talk to the kids about engineering and they try to encourage more diversity in engineering. So they targeted a group of kids. And I love that. That was the highlight of my day, you know, <laughs> to go and interface with the kids because they're so impressionable. Mm-hmm. And, and you would hear I would hear stories after speaking to, you know, for maybe 20 minutes that principal wrote me one time and said, no, wow, that was a great, you know, talk. But I heard kids saying, walking out, saying, now I know what I want to do, you know. And so um, so I've had those experiences, and I think that led me to want to be in education uh, full-time. Being an engineer was great. I mean, I that it was a wonderful experience, but I get to do that even more so in this position. So when you're not doing robotics and you're not at work, what is something that, you know, what is it that, that excites you? What's your hobbies? What do you do outside of Outside of these walls. So I have two children mm-hmm. <laughs> who are teenagers and neither drive. <laughs> so that takes <laughs> up my hobbies are going to all their events. Um, but uh, really, I enjoy um, performances. I, I love musicals, um, Broadway performances. I love dance. Um, and I grew up dancing. I was a cheerleader. So I, I love all of that type of performance stuff and watching it. And I love traveling. I enjoy traveling with my family, my husband. We take the kids to, uh, we've gone to a lot of the national parks. So growing up, I didn't travel a lot out of the southeast where I was from. So we've gone to the national parks and we tend to go uh, have several small trips during the year. So I, I enjoy traveling with my family. Does, does your family have a like a list of places that it's a goal that we want to go see? And was, we asked a similar question to Lance Perez when uh-huh. the dean of the college, uh, he mentioned he loved to travel. And I, we asked him if there's a bucket list or a family list. Where have you not gone that you're looking forward to hitting maybe oh, with the family? Uh, well, probably not with the family. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, kids. <laughs> yeah, sorry, kids. Um, we've pretty much been in uh, the United States with the kids. So we've been a couple places. Um, but I would love to go to Africa, to Europe, and see places uh, that I have never been, like that type of overseas. So anywhere over there. I, there's so many places. Iceland, um, hearing things about that now. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's so many places. I don't, the list is too long to name it all. <laughs> so. so the University of Nebraska College of Engineering, we are committed to growing diversity within engineering. And you've mentioned that on a couple of occasions here too, is 
what can we be doing to continue to get kids from all different backgrounds and, and, and girls, boys, everyone, how can we get more people interested and involved in becoming an engineer knowing that it's, it's an option for them? Um, I think for the most part, it starts early because kids decide, you know, pretty early what they can or cannot do. Um, having people that speak into their lives. Like when we, we talk to the female engineers that we get, and it's a, it's a smaller percentage in electrical engineering, but when we talk to them, we've had some, we have very strong students and, you know, and say, what motivated you um, to come? And most of the time, a lot of the time, it's been a parent who said, you should be an engineer, you need to look into this, or a teacher who spoke into their life and said that. So um, by the time they come to our program, I think the the biggest thing we can do is to create a welcoming environment and one that has people that look like the students that, you know, as uh, staff and professors that look like them, because it always just makes people feel more comfortable. And I think we're doing a good job at recruiting and trying to, you know, increase that and, and just making them feel welcome. And, and Nebraska is has a lot of positives. You know, it's there's, there's a lot of, um, I grew up in the Southeast, but there's a lot of similar uh, values here. So just making people feel comfortable and understanding. And I think that the, the, the talents can come out and flourish and be nourished that way. All right. Now our lightning round of questions here with Elisa. We'll begin with dog or cat? Dog, absolutely. <laughs> Who is your favorite superhero? Wonder Woman, of course. <laughs> favorite tailgating food? Um, barbecue chicken. Have you ever used a slide rule? No. <laughs> First video game you owned? Um, it was probably Atari um, Pac-Man. Favorite musical genre? Gospel. What was your favorite toy growing up? <laughs> a little professor calculator. <laughs> <laughs> if you could time travel to when would you go? Um, probably um, the 60s, just to witness Dr. Martin Luther King and all the things that were going on at that time. On a scale of 1 to 10, how strict were your parents? Um, I was a pretty good kid, so they didn't have to be super strict. So maybe like 8. How strict are you? Uh, <laughs> 5. <laughs> Do you know how to run a VCR? Yeah, my wedding video is on a VCR. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. Saturday or Sunday? Hmm, Sunday. What's your pet peeve? Having to address and write by hand my address over and over again. I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Herbie Husker or Little Red? Little Red. (laughs) And least favorite Thanksgiving food? Um, They're all good. (laughs) I don't have a least favorite. Well, thank you very much again, Elisa, for joining us. And... All of you who are listening, make sure you head out to the Nebraska Robotics Expo on February 16th. It's at the uh, SAC Museum near Ashland. It's just off the interstate. It runs 8 to 5 that day. And if you need any more information, go to the SAC Museum website. Anything you need should be there. Thank you very much, Elisa. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Complete Engineering Podcast. For more information, visit us at engineering.unl.edu.